0: Good afternoon, everyone. Today is April 7th, 2021. I'm Trey Dobson, Chief Medical Officer at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center and an emergency medicine physician with Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health, and this is Medical Matters Weekly. It's a show about the aspects of healthcare that matter to you most. You can submit your questions on Facebook Live, and we've received some questions ahead of time at our email address. And my guest today, I'm very excited to have, is Dr. David Beltry. He's a hand and upper extremity specialist at SBMC Orthopedics in Bennington. Welcome, David.
1: Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me here, Trey.
0: Yeah, well, we're excited. Um, so David's been here about a year, and we haven't actually gotten a chance to spend much time together because of COVID. So um, I was telling him I'm going to use this time uh, to... to hang out with him and enjoy the show. Uh, He received his bachelor's in mechanical and aerospace engineering from Cornell. I feel like we have a theme. David, you're like the third engineer gone physician we've had on the show. Um, He has a master's in biomedical engineering from Cornell, medical degree at Boston University School of Medicine, orthopedic research and orthopedic surgery residencies at Boston University Medical Center, and then a hand and upper extremity fellowship at the Cleveland Clinic. And after all of that, you're about ready to retire, I would imagine. (laughs) I'm just getting started started. That's great. Well, we're excited to have you in, in our community uh, serving Southern Vermont and the eastern part of New York and the northern part of Massachusetts. Not many hand surgeons around, and I know that you were extremely busy on about your first day, so that's great. So just to get us started, um, tell us a little bit about yourself personally, where you're from, and, and where you grew up.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so I grew up in northern New Jersey, a uh, town called Cedar Grove, and a little suburban town between a couple other bigger suburban towns about you know a half hour west of New York Um, and I spent most of my I brought up there I uh, went to Cornell as you know um, and I spent most of my adult life in the Boston area where I worked uh, as an engineer um, and then later went to medical school and did my my orthopedic training so Um, I've kind of always been up here in the Northeast between Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, um, and now working in Vermont. Um, And I I love it up here. This is kind of where I want to be. And it's really exciting for me and my family to kind of start growing some roots now after being kind of temporary living in a lot of places over the last uh, decade or so.
0: Yeah. That's a, I'm sure your family is excited to now be in a, in a permanent location. And, you know, we had talked about this a little bit over a year ago during uh, when you were being recruited here and looking at different places, but what were you doing in, in engineering that kind of led you, or maybe that's not what led you into medicine?
1: Well, yeah. So, you know, I actually started off in engineering thinking uh, I would actually do the aerospace side of things. I, I, I liked, I liked rockets. I grew up kind of wanted to be an astronaut, one of those kids. And, um, I remember going. There was a point in there uh, where I saw uh, a, uh, a lecture by someone who was making an artificial heart. And I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I want to create devices that can help people live healthier, happier lives. Um, and so, ever th- since then, I kind of switched to um, biomedical engineering and focused on biomechanics for my undergraduate degree. And then, after my undergraduate degree, I, I didn't think I had enough bio background. Um, so I did a master's in biomedical engineering to learn more about biology, drug delivery, um, you know, physiology, all of that. Had a great year, uh, took a lot of extra classwork and did some research and, um, in, in cartilage repair, um, which was timely because later on, now doing orthopedics. It's, it's one of the things that I, I work with. So, um, and yeah, I, I worked for about five years um, as an engineer before deciding to make the switch and being doing something a little bit more directly related to patient care as a, as a physician.
0: So I, I imagine, you know, for our audience out there, biomedical engineering, they can, they can probably kind of figure out a little bit about what that means. I'm sure it means more than than they and myself would think you talked about artificial uh, heart valves, what other things are out there that are um, that you were working on personally, or you know about being worked on?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are biomedical engineering is a relatively new field of engineering, and it is it encompasses a lot. Um, So, you know, traditionally, we're all in silos, mechanical, electrical, uh, material science. Um, So all those things kind of come together when you talk about biomedical engineering, the biology has to work with the engineering. Um, And, you know, I studied biomechanics. So, I, in within the biomechanics field, it, there's a lot of work done in kind of the orthopedic side, which is the, what I'm doing now, which is, you know, the structure of bone, how to recreate bone, how to 3D print bone, um, how to do all these things. That, and you can go on and on about all those, uh, about the different areas of research. Um, I think the stuff that excites me um, as, you know, a former engineer and, and now an orthopedic surgeon and hand specialist is, is the the biology part of, of creating bones um, from from nothing really from from 3d printing and um, creating cartilage like that biological structures that people are creating that none of that stuff quite has hit the mainstream and it's probably going to be several more years before you know trials and everything can get on their way but that's one area that I think is is fascinating and something I'm personally very interested in
0: so, so an example that if someone uh, injured a digit significantly, particularly the bone aspect, um, you'd put like a prosthesis in there to replace that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's, it, it runs the gamut, right? So there are people who are 3D printing metal implants, and so it's a custom implant for your finger or your wrist or your knee. Um, there are people working on developing um, custom bone implants. So they're, they would grow bone or, or at least the structure, the scaffold of bone, you import it in and let your body kind of fill in the rest of the, um, the structures in there. And both of these are still in the experimental phase. I know there are products that are 3D printed and, and used in surgery, but um, not, none of these are mainstream yet. But certainly I think within my lifetime and hopefully within my career, um, I'll get to be able to use some of these as they become more mainstream. Yeah,
0: that is exciting. It, it's ter- terribly exciting, especially as an emergency physician, where unfortunately I get to see a lot of the trauma, uh, much of which does occur on on the hand, and, um, you know, wonder about what can we do in the future to preserve some of the function. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, about what you do and what you uh, can offer here and what you've seen. But just first, you, you've been here about a year, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we moved here in August of last year, kind of Mid-pandemic, but uh, it's yeah, yeah. It's been
0: almost we're we're g- going closer to a year now, right? And you're in the Williamstown area with an office uh, there as well as uh, here in Bennington. That's right. Yeah,
1: we we um we really love the Williamstown area. We love the Bennington area too. Um, but my wife and I just really enjoy the 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 college town atmosphere here. I actually it reminds me a fair bit of Cornell. Um, Cornell's a bit bigger in terms of its size of the campus, but you know, that that idea of kind of being in the mountains, kind of a rural collegiate setting um was was something I loved. My wife grew up in uh, you know, or she went to a college in kind of rural Ohio um, and loved it there. And so we both kind of uh loved this kind of academic uh town here and
0: and wanted to be a part of it that's that's great and so when you're not working and we're gonna go back to the working aspect because that's what people uh want to hear but when you're not working um and, and you have all that free time which i know you don't have much right now starting a new family and but um what what do you like to do uh, uh for your for hobbies
1: yeah so um i mean one of the reasons why we're here is because we we love being in the outdoors so we we go on hikes all the time um We try to get out every weekend and every time we're, we're, we have some free time we're we're trying to get out of the house. So um, a lot of that nowadays is with my two young boys. Um, I have a two year old and four year old at home. And so they're not quite doing the backpacking trips yet, but we're, we're working up to there and, and doing some fun family hikes uh, when we can. Um, But yeah, a lot of them is just, just kind of playing with the kids when they're at
0: this age It's a lot of fun. That's great. I, I um I know that you're, Your group, your orthopedic group, which, of course, is a subset of our larger medical group with Dr. Nam Kuhn and uh, Dr. Nostiger, Schneiderbauer, uh, Goodman uh, and Donovan uh, are all incredibly outdoors people. um, And I think came here for that reason. So (laughs) you fit right in with them. That's great. And then also many of the staff. um, And that's super. So, you know, let's let's move back to, to hand and upper extremity. And a lot of people want to know, you know, well, what is that? What does that mean to be an upper extremity surgeon? And how does that overlap with hand? And are those words synonymous in the medical field? If you could just elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So um, there is there are hand surgeons, there are upper extremity surgeons, there are uh, people that do both. Um, and upper extremity is... Um, a bit of a nebulous term a little bit, you know, to some people that means fingertips to shoulder and that's everything on the upper extremity. That is the upper extremity. Um, some people, you know, an upper extremity surgeon is anything above the wrist. So there are hand surgeons that just work on the hand and, and nowhere else. Um, for me, I work, you know, fingertips to the elbow. So, um, I also, I do some stuff up in the shoulder for sure. Um, my fellowship, I did um, a fair bit of shoulder uh, arthroscopy and shoulder replacement and and trauma to the shoulder and the humerus. But uh, we have two great sports surgeons here that do um, uh, shoulder surgery here, so I have decided to kind of focus my practice here on more elbow uh, down to the fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it does go hand in hand a bit with the hand surgery. I mean, most fellowships um, where we train to, to be hand surgeons, do involve a portion of the upper extremity and it's kind of a natural extension. I mean, everything in the fingertips um, can, you know, originates higher up there, right? So tendons, whether they go right, you know, they're bending the tip of your finger, those tendons often originate above the elbow uh, on the humerus. So you have to understand the anatomy of everything from your hand, fingers, wrist, forearm and elbow um, to, to be a good, you know, hand surgeon. So if you understand the anatomy, you understand how to how to treat those those, uh, those ailments. So, um, and same thing goes for shoulder. So, if you understand the the elbow, you know everything that crosses the elbow, you, you know often goes above the shoulder too. So, you got to understand the shoulder anatomy as well. So, I think it's the nature of um, you know the way we treat things and understanding um, the tendons, nerves, muscles, um, arteries, where they, they come from. And if you understand that, you understand how to treat those conditions.
0: Right. Um, for for the audience, you know, I can say even it wasn't until I was in residency before I started realizing the obvious, and that is the hand is so integral to livelihood, uh, both um, the, the physical portion, but but also um, for, for occupational, excuse me, for the occupational portion, but also just the societal portion and, and uh, that's why having a hand specialist is, is critical when those rare situations uh, come forward. Your primary care doctor can take care of a lot of the superficial things, but when it comes to tendon injury, nerve injury, uh, certain types of fracture patterns, that's what Dr. Beltry uh, is trained for and what he does. Actually, so tell us a little bit about what you've seen so far and, and what types of uh, conditions patients present to you with.
1: Yeah. So I have seen so much since I've been here, it's been really exciting uh, seeing all the patients here and being able to to treat them. Um, You know, the most common thing I probably see is our nerve conditions. So like carpal tunnel syndrome where people have numbness and tingling in their hand. Um, It's usually worse at night or certain positions. Um, I see a lot of people with trigger finger, which is a condition where there's a swollen tendon in the hand and that some of the fingers tend to lock up occasionally. Um, I've seen people with contractures of the hands, Dupuytren's disease is, is a disease where some of the fascia in the hand gets tight and, and doesn't allow your finger to, to straighten up. So, um, I see a lot of those patients, um, and you know, I, I see everything from wrist fractures to elbow fractures. Um, I've, I've seen kind of it all, which is kind of one of the exciting things, uh, about being here and being the, uh, the hand surgeon within our group. Um, everyone's
0: happy to, to let me take care of these really interesting conditions. That's great. And then you also do cover though, um, each of you covers your colleagues uh, for call and weekend coverage. And how is that going?
1: It's going great. Yeah, it's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to be here. Um, I do still like the general trauma, uh, you know, and orthopedic training, I trained at, you know, the busiest trauma center um, in Boston and Boston Medical Center. And, you know, I feel like I got a really great training Um uh, with the orthopedic trauma there. So yeah, I take care of hip fractures and, and tibia fractures and ankle fractures as well when they come in while I'm, uh, while I'm on call. And I, I really enjoy that part of, uh, keeping broad and, and doing all these, these, uh, these, these bigger trauma cases.
0: That's great. So you're, you're in, you know, if a patient wanted to see you, you're in a variety of settings, you've got, uh, why don't you just describe that you're in the office, you're in the emergency department, the OR.
1: Yeah, so I am in the office about three days a week, uh, two days a week right now. I'm in Bennington, um, our, our, our uh, office on Dewey Street, which is across from the hospital. Um, I'm also in Williamstown once a week now. I have a clinic here and I'm in the operating room uh, a full day, uh, uh, usually every Thursday now. Uh, who knows what that if that'll move around, but I'm very happy with the Thursdays. Um, in my Williamstown office, I also do some local procedures. So, by local, I mean um, doesn't need any sedation. You don't need an anesthesiologist. There are certain surgeries that I'm able to do in the hand, or I just use some numbing medication and some other medications to control any bleeding. Um, and I do them right here in the office. In fact, I just did one this morning. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll do that surgery and patients really love that too, because they can, they don't have to go to the hospital. And I've had, you know, particularly with the pandemic, people, um, are really enjoy kind of just going here in the, in the clinic here they see you know, one or two people, they see my nurse, they check in and then they feel a lot more comfortable here. But, um, but yeah, uh, doing all those, all those sorts of, uh, locations. And, and you do carpal tunnel in the office? Do carpal tunnels. I do trigger fingers. Those are probably most, my two most common uh, office procedures. Uh, but I also do, you know, any, any, you know, small finger surgeries here, um, like cyst removals or, or, you know, scar revision, stuff like that, that I can do, uh, with just
0: a numbing medication of a finger. So for the audience, if if you have questions for Dr. Beltry and and you don't want to submit those on Facebook Live, you know, please use our website. You can send an email. Uh, I'll make sure he gets those questions and can respond. You can also listen to a past episode um, down from WAMC out of Albany, where Dr. Beltry was a guest for medical. uh, I think it's Medical Monday, which is on Monday. So once a week. And uh, we've had several of our physicians uh, be on that show. It's an opportunity to do a, a call-in in real time. And Dr. Belcher was there recently. Um, just remind us, David, what, what is carpal tunnel and, and what, what is trigger finger so that the, the audience, they, they've heard of it, they've had a relative with it, uh, they're not exactly sure.
1: Yeah. So carpal tunnel is the most common uh, compression of a nerve um, in your body, uh, even the spine. So it is when, uh, one of the major nerves that goes to your hand, this one is called the median nerve. It goes through a tunnel, essentially a tunnel within the wrist. Um, it's covered by bone on one side of the tunnel and the other, the top side on the palm side is covered by a thick ligament called the transverse carpal ligament. And then for a variety of reasons, uh, we didn't, don't always fully understand why, but the nerve gets pinched there, whether that's thickening of that ligament or swelling within those tendons, uh, the nerve gets compressed and uh, you, get, you get numbness and tingling in usually three fingers, the thumb, the index finger and the middle finger, and also the one of the sides of your ring finger as well. So um, when we do the surgery for it, I mean, there are a number of ways to test for it. Often I can You know, we can diagnose it with just uh, a physical exam. If there are questions about whether or not this is, could be a different nerve or it's compressed in a different area. uh, We often get a nerve test as well, but we don't necessarily need a nerve test to do that surgery. Um, And the surgery involves, uh, you know, incision in the, in the base of the palm, it's usually about an inch long. And um, we go right down there and we release that ligament um, and open it up. So that nerve can breathe.
0: And the symptoms of carpal tunnel that people may be experiencing.
1: Yeah. No, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. So the symptoms are primarily numbness related and when they happen is usually pretty telltale of of carpal tunnel. So night symptoms that you wake up with numbness or even pain, kind of got to shake your arm off saying, Oh, my, my whole hand feels numb. It's usually only those three and a half fingers, but you know, usually just kind of feel numbness all over. And so you don't, a lot of people don't even think about kind of which fingers are numb. They just feel like a numb hand. Um, so night symptoms, um, Symptoms while driving, like long drives or holding the steering wheel in, a, in an odd position, like with your wrist cocked back or bent forward, um, that can cause that symptom. So I always ask about those two, but I see a lot of people who have kind of work-related positioning. So, you know, whether their keyboard isn't set correctly, they can get kind of numbness after being on the computer for a long time, holding their, their phone um, to their face with a kind of a bent wrist. Um, that's often a, a when you also get those symptoms.
0: I have to tell you, um, I was going to tell you this uh, beforehand, but I need to get a veterinarian on, on the show because I kid you not, my dog had tarsal tunnel syndrome. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife and I are convinced because he used to sleep with his uh, with his paw folded in so tight. So we changed his bed where he, after spending lots of money with x-rays and trying to figure out what was wrong with him we changed his bed where it, it doesn't have this overlap that, that makes him do that. And now his symptoms are gone. So either <laughs> either we're great and we're veterinarians that diagnosed him or it was total circumstantial. But uh, if you ever hear about it in dogs, uh, let me know. Oh, um, Dr. Beltry does have a hand pain webinar coming up at uh, 6 p.m. on Tuesday, May 4th. You can register at svhealthcare.org backslash class-events. Um, We'll make sure to put this uh, on our website so that you can see that. Um, Just sort of in closing, tell us a little bit about uh, what some of the more challenging aspects and rewarding aspects of your job, recognizing you've been training for a long time. You've been practicing now, you know, on your own independently for about a year. uh, But what do you find as uh, some of the challenges and some of the rewards?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I, in terms of challenging, I think part of the thing is that I'm always surprised every day. I'm always learning something new whether it's about the patients here, whether it's about something technical, um, things I can do better. I'm always striving to do something better. And so part of the challenges is, is is developing this this hand practice from um, you know, not having a hand surgeon here and kind of designing it our own way. It's a lot of work um, and it's challenging, but it's been really rewarding. So I really, really enjoy that. And, and, you know, the other thing that I just find rewarding is, is the patients when they come back and see me after um, surgery and, and, you know, having a good result is just so rewarding to hear, um, how I've, whether it's improving their sleep because I did the carpal tunnel release and they no longer have that night pain, um, or whether they're getting back to work. um, it's just, it's just really, um, those are, those are my favorite days and when I get to see patients, uh, postoperatively and, and hear about how they're doing.
0: Well, that's great, David. I would tell you, we've had lots of uh, such positive patient comments, but also uh, from your doctor colleagues, your nursing colleagues, uh, the non clinical staff were just. Happy to have you, and you add to the group, and, uh, and thank you so much for coming, and we look forward to many years. Um, we're out of time here uh, for Medical Matters Weekly. I'd like to thank the audience. Again, if you have more questions, since this is a quick show, please send those in, and we'll get the answers to you. Um, thank our guests, Dr. David Veltry of SVMC Orthopedics, as well as Mike Cutler from CAT TV. Uh, Ray Smith from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare and Ashley Jowett from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare. I'm Trey Dobson. Uh, go out and find joy in everything you do, even in the face of adversity, and we will see you next week.